Welcome to the Golden Square Podcast with your hosts, Linda Scott and Sherilyn Fisher. Are you ready? Because we're starting right now, only on Stunner Radio, the heart and soul of the culture. Hey, hey, Miss Sherilyn. Hey, everybody. We are super excited. So excited. So I was just telling Sherilyn, you know, I don't do no reels, but once a week, but I am so excited. I did two or three, child. So <laughs> it's um it's amazing. I'm I'm enjoying the the topic and the person that we have this evening. Um, so we welcome you and thank you for sharing your hour with us. So um, oh, before we go any further, Sherilyn, I wanted to say to the Glover family to extend from the Golden Square podcast our condolences to the loss of Rosby Glover and um. Should I say pastor? And I apologize, pastor, doctor, or is it doctor, pastor? Which one of those? But anyway, anyway. Rosby Glover, we we send all our prayers to the Glover family. Yes, yes. So now let's get to this show with Mr. Stephen Smith. Last week, you guys, part one, we had Stephen Smith and um, he was telling us about his experience of being... um, a gay man, a gay hustler in a straight world and blew my mind, but it blew my mind in a good way because it helped me with a couple of situations that I was in today to um, witness to some guys. So let's bring him on. Let's do that. Let's, let's get started. Let's get started. Hello. Hey, Steve. Welcome. Welcome to the Golden Square Podcast. We've hey, been doing this all week long, all week. So, so yes, yeah. <laughs> you. You, you poured so much information and um, your life history, and and you shared that with us last week, and it was amazing. Yeah, and um, so much positive feedback from it. Yes, yes. So we knew we knew when when you left us last week that we was going to have to do part two. We knew that. So, but um, our audience showed us that we did know to to bring you back. So let's go ahead and get started because I have a few questions, Steve. I've been writing them down. I, look, Steve, I'm ready for you right now. So I ain't even going to hesitate. But listen, I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself for those who didn't uh, attend us last week, but are here today. Okay. Hi, everybody. My name is Stephen Smith. I'm a long, long, long time friend of Miss Linda Scott. She's literally like a sister to me. And I I am here to tell my truth, my transparency, and to tell my testimony all at the same time. Um, A lot of people don't know what I'm going to tell you that um, I went through a lot of abuse growing up, a lot of uh, molestation, being raped, a lot of heinous things, physical, spiritual, mental, you name it. And here I am today, which I'm doing great. I've overcome a lot mentally, spiritually. I do a lot of acting, a lot of hosting and emceeing, which I'm great, by the way. Don't play with it. Trust me, you'll be (laughs) great. And I do comedy. I am an author of three books, which we'll discuss tonight. And I'm heavily, heavily indebted to fashion as well. So I thank you guys for allowing me to be here. And, you know, you, you, you can go through my link tree and you can find out everything that I do and you guys can contact me. But I'm really here to really help somebody really get to their lives right with Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I have um, a, a question that I wanted to bring forth to you tonight. And, and that was, Listening to everything that you had, you told us, or or you and Bill, you revealed to us last week. Um, what inspired you to write about your life? Well, let me give you a small portion of the backstory. I didn't want to tell nobody about my past mm. because I'm not a person that's hard to embarrass. But it, it, when you sit and reflect on the things that you've done, all of the things that you were involved in, 
you don't want anybody to know about that because mm-hmm. look, I brought it to God, I gave it to him. He said he forgave me, he moved on, you know. Yeah. But it's like no. one day I after my heavy crazy trial, I was at my cousin's house, literally pre-homeless, staying with her, no car, no job, no nothing. And I heard God say, came straight up, Stephen, I want you to write a book about your life. Mm. I was like, huh? Now, before he said that, he had already told me to move from Miami to West Palm Beach. I disobeyed, very hard-headed. I lost everything, job, dog, car, house. Mine was in two weeks. He was that serious because he told me. And when I moved up here, going through it, trying to find my way, who I am, still struggling with my preference and trying to figure life out, trying to make money, that's when I heard him say, I want you to write a book about your life. I said, why? What, what do you want me to tell people? Why do you want me to write a book about mine? I said, no, I can't do that. Right. I can't do that. Right. So that's what had me to write these books. I know you have more questions. So I don't want to skip over what you want to ask. Okay. Um, God was the one that had me to write these books. And okay. it was very important for me. And, and, and I, I accept that, that answer because God do talk to us and... It took me a, a, a real minute to understand that, that we yeah, we ignore what, what he say do, but um, he do talk to us and he do um, reveal things that he want us to do. And we say, uh-uh, God, I can't do that. I've said it several times. You, you want me to do that? Okay, no. Because I was have the, to be his will and not our will. Thank you. Hello, thank you. and Nakia. Thank you Thanks for, for joining. joining so, okay, so here's my other question. Last week, you told us about um, your your father um, abusing um, your mom. So how did it turn your life around? You know what what when you when you saw your father abusing your mother? <sighs> I, I hate to say that because that just makes me so crazy. How did that contribute to your manhood? Yeah, and I want yeah the relationships between man and woman. How did how did that make you feel it as a whole? Okay, when my when my mom was being abused by my father, it was physical, it was verbal, it was mental, mm-hmm. it was financial. Yeah, it wasn't just. Yeah, she had it, it all. See, he had the hands like this, but then those numbers counted to the ways he abused my mother, right. and the way that I saw it and experienced it, it made me draw closer to my mom because she loved all of us, for us very much. I love my mother to the day they put her in the grave. Mm. And you still love her? Still love her. Every week, she's always on my memory. So when I would see all that abuse, it made me draw closer and closer to her, me and my brother. And it got to the point that I'm closer to women than I am with men. I have a I have a special place in my heart towards women mm. because I've seen him do. And it made me not want to be friendly with guys like that unless we were dating or if they were gay and we were just, you know, doing our thing or if we were hustling or whatever. But other than that, I didn't keep a lot of male friends around me, if that makes sense. But th- that abuse draw me closer and closer to my mom. And the way she used to pray, when anything went on, when he was out there with these women and spending all the money, he's pissy drunk on the weekends and trying to get it together on Monday. We're walking in total fear on eggshells and glass and and seemed like ants on the floor because nobody didn't know what what bomb was going to go off. So that drew me close. It also made my brother and I loving our mother more because we were the last two. See, God is strategic. Because mm-hmm. I was just about to ask yeah, you. Ask yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he do have a sister. But okay, I'll let him answer that. But my thing was, um, you you talk about um, you you talk about God a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and he said move from um, several. He said move on several occasions. So what what t- tell us more about that? And why you didn't move when he said move? When I was in Miami, which I call it the consuming beast, 
because that's what it was. Because when you get sucked into Miami, you're sucked in. Um, when God told me to move at that time, I was the father of the house of Milan, which is the gay ballroom scene. For those that don't know, uh, you can watch this uh, series Pose. And oh, yes, yes. Act. I was involved in that world for a very long time. Yeah. So when I moved back here from uh, St. Louis, when I moved here, I didn't want to start a, a house. One of my house members who moved down here wanted to start a house. I was bored. I was like, why not? I still didn't know where my life was going. I thought I was going to stop hustling, but I got deeper into it because I didn't know any other way to make $15,000, $20,000 a week on no job. I didn't even ask God about that. I just knew to go pick up my works, my services, and go do what I needed to do. So when I moved back here, um, I got deep into it heavy into the ballroom scene. So I was the father of the house in Milan in Miami, state of Florida, because it was the Florida dynasty. I started it along with a friend named Derek. And I got deep, deep, deep into it, again, creating and building a dynasty that was literally unstoppable down here. Because I always tell them I only attract winners. That's all I ever do. And I created and built this dynasty. And then it got to the point that I ended up shifting moving. Even at times when I was still in my sin, I always think of that scripture where he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Mm -hmm. I'm with you all. Even into the very ends of this world. Mm -hmm. I take that to heart because I know that I'm living in sin. But see, God has his hand and has his plan and he knew down the road I was going to eventually come to him. Mm -hmm. And I also when the, when, the, when the scripture says train up a child and the way he should go and he will not depart from it yeah. that is true because God's foundation was laid at me as a little boy though I didn't fully follow it I knew where my base was right. mm. to call on to when I'm in trouble when everything's good but at that time in my life I was always calling on God because I was in trouble mm. It would always come and get me out of situations that just would be like, oh my God, knowing I'm going to go back into what I'm doing. <laughs> covering me. His love just kept covering me. And I was like, I don't understand this. I just don't get it. But I thank God he would come in because it was just, I don't know if my mom and him had a special agreement before she died. Yeah, with him, man, to take care of their children. You know, the three of us, all three of us have lost uh, our mothers. And and I, I believe in what you just said. God and mom and, and all of our moms had an agreement. Lord, I'm leaving these children. Please take care of these, these people because for they know not what they're doing, just, just go ahead and guide us. So, pray for that's it. Right, right. I don't. Know. Hard, Steve. Um, I, there's there's so many questions. It's like I don't know how we're gonna get all these in. But my my thing is, hey Bridget. Um, hey y'all, hey Bridget. So when when you heard when you heard God speaking to you in the club, in prison, and while you was hustling. Explain that. What what was he telling you, Steve? Oh my gosh, we'll probably have to do episode <laughs> three for this. <laughs> but I know the time is of the essence. So okay, I'm gonna give you an example of different situations. Okay. There was a time. I, okay, I'm gonna make it short because I know I'm long with it. When okay. I was in a club one time, the Holy Spirit told me, "Don't go to the club. There's gonna be a big fight." Hmm. And I'm riding down 95, saying, "I ain't worried about it. I got, I know you're gonna." Cover me. I'm not arrogant. God, I know you're going to cover me. You're going to protect me because I really need to get out. I'm bored and I'm still struggling with this. Being real, mm. got down there. It wasn't an hour. A nasty fight. Chairs, bottles. People were busting people's windows out. Not one thing touched me. He said, I'm going to cover you, though. He kept me. There was times when I would get up and get ready to go do a big lick. Like I said, okay, my goal today is $7,000. I got to get this, move this rent out of the way, blah, 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 blah. I went to a particular mall, Vero Beach. I'll never forget it, in Indian River. I was getting ready to get out with my checkbook and my IDs, get ready to go and clear some stores. Soon as I put my foot on the ground, the Holy Spirit said, don't go in there. They just had a big bus. 
I would always hide my IDs and stuff. God forbid if I got stopped, that you were gonna have to search, search, search. And I knew the law, so you couldn't just jump in my car like that. I always stayed legitimate. So I got back in my car, I got back home, put my stuff up, laid down in my condo. Hmm. Two hours later, I get a call that it was a high speed chase from the same mall and somebody died from the accident. That was coming. There were times when I was in prison, God had visited me. He let me see hell. He would show me things. The devil visited me. There were situations where, where I was facing long prison terms from a very racist judge in Alabama. Yeah, I said it. Very racist, and they still are. <laughs> he was very racist. I, I think he wanted to call me boy. He, he, he was being nice because of his position of saying, son, mm-hmm. you picked the wrong. You picked the wrong state to get in not the wrong city, the wrong state to get in trouble. Yeah. And my body from 150k plus property to 10,000 because my mom and my godmother prayed and God spoke to me in jail and told me to talk to him, speak to me about the matter, talk to me about the situation. And we had a full on conversation. And in Alabama, mm-hmm. if you don't find out, you don't get a court date right away. Wow. Change now, but you get a court date when they feel like putting you on the docket. Here in Florida, your next day court date. Right, correct. At a certain time, but it happened. That man was redder than redder than a cherry, and he said, "I don't know why I'm doing this because mm-hmm. you need hateful in his heart." He said, "But I'm going to reduce your bond from 150 to 10, but you still need property." And I called my my, my godmother, the way they prayed on that phone, I'm telling you that jail felt like it was shaking. Wow. You, I don't answer the righteous. The unrighteous is not. He don't, he don't listen to them, but he loves them. But was I right in his eyes? I don't think I was, but he would, he, he would answer me for somehow because I had a relationship with him. I always had one. And there's many scenarios and situations where God has told me I needed to break up with people. I needed to not allow people to come into my house. There were times he would tell me, don't pick someone up. It's, it's so many. I can write a book on it. Okay. Um, here's okay. God. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm so yeah. glad to know that if you had a prayer mother, <laughs> that part right there, in order for you to come out of some of the stuff that we've gone through, our mothers had to pray for us because we was crazy. I know my mom prayed. She had to pray hard for this one right here. She was praying. She stayed. She was praying. And I know to this day, she would have said, okay, my prayers have yeah, been answered. Yeah. So, and, and I'm sure your mother and Sherilyn's mother saying the same thing because yeah, I know. I'm going to go ahead and say like you said, see, I know I was not uh, a good girl. I was a good girl. Wait, wait. I always say that I, yeah, I always say that I was um, a good bad girl. How about that? That that was good. I was um, uh, Shahida praying mothers have saved Ooh, a lot of us. You yeah. right, Shahida? Uh, that prank, That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, Steve, I, I'm so glad and, and honored. But here's another thing, Steve. In your book, you talk about being a sugar pusher. Now, wait a minute. I thought I knew the street language now. And I said, a sugar pusher? What the hell is that, Steve? <laughs> what, what was a, put, a sugar pusher? That is a story about when I was little. When I was like in elementary school. I don't remember where I, what year what age, but I was in elementary school and I would just randomly bring my, I would work hard, get my, um, my allowance from my mom and I would okay. go, okay, okay. go ahead. My allowance, go to the corner store and I, I was a big boy. I'm still thick. I love to eat my sugars and sweets, but I would always go every, every, um, Sunday and buy my stuff for the week, like snacks and cookies. My mom would let me eat that stuff. I went to a predominantly white school, and I'm not saying this is because of a race, because you know we still eat healthy, but a lot of them only ate vegetables and fruit. Fruit was their sweet. Mm. My zoom zooms, powdered donut pancakes, surprises, lollipops, little fun, little puffy cakes, and all of that. And when I sat there one day, one of the kids, it was a little one of the guys, said, "Steve, give me some of that." 
I said, give me a quarter. <laughs> Just like and he said, oh, sure. And gave me the quarter. And then all the other kids, I got a quarter. I have a quarter. I have a quarter. Look at the white kids got coins in their pocket. I'll just drive. Because I don't spend all mine on fat, sugary stuff. <laughs> okay. See, I, okay, I know last time you told us about when you were you were a kid and you um, was following your father's footsteps. But yes. I never so related the two was... The, the sugar pusher. I I I could I couldn't figure that out. I'm like, wait a minute, let me go right to the streets, Linda. Go back, go back. And I couldn't figure that one for nothing of sugar. And white stuff. <laughs> See, but my white stuff would have been um the cocaine, the white girl, you know, all of that. So that's where I got the I said, no, let me just ask this question. What the hell is a sugar pusher? I was hustling sugar. Sugar yeah. is very addictive. We put it in everything. It's everything. in everything. And they even studies have said sugar is too much of it is equivalent to cocaine to the point of how you hunger for it, you urge it, you want it. And we put it in everything. So I was pushing sugar because the white kids won't get no sugar like that at home. They will get a treat. Maybe once a week, but they mamas and daddies didn't know they was yeah, at, they in school. Getting that fixed, wow. baby. Okay. So Lord, please, if I cross any of these children to be cocaine you because I didn't mean it, God. Please forgive me. <laughs> okay. So, here are some. You know, I was ready for you when you hung up with me last weekend. You know, last Thursday, I was ready. I was like, "Damn, my buddy not here." Uh, uh. But I'm gonna have to get this joker. So, so Steve, um, the the other thing was, what exactly is a gay hustler in a straight world? Okay, I'm gonna give you that one. Break it down for (laughs) you. I'm not telling everything. That's why I want you guys to buy the books. That's right. That's right. That's right. Ebook and they're on paperback. If you want a copy from me signed, let me know, or you can speak to Miss Linda them, and I'll send you my cash app plus shipping, and then I will ship it to you signed. Because the books are not too But I have television show hits. I'm telling you. So, title alone. I again, I wasn't trying to write books. The Holy Spirit spoke to me when he said he wanted me to write the books. And then we went back and forth, our back and forth banter. And I said, okay, all right. Because you're going to win anyways. What do you want me to call these books? And it came just as clear. The Lifestyle of a Gay Hustler in the Straight World. Volume 1, The Beginning. Mm. I said, okay, say that again. And he repeated it. So here I am. I was heavily into the gay lifestyle. I'm explaining to you guys. I was in the ballroom scene. I had lovers. I had partners. I've been on the chat lines. I've been on the the, the computer lines. I've been standing in lines, the clubs, traveling all over, competing for these cash prizes and trophies, being a father of the house of Milan. So my lifestyle turned in college when I was in Atlanta. Shout out to Morris Brown College. When I was there, I, um, I when I was there, I was um, heavily into watching myself evolve into a man. At that time, Atlanta was booming. The Olympics came, and I was already hustling. I was already snatching senses off of clothing. Mm-hmm. I was already learning about the the bag. I've already learned about the other devices. So. My thing was this, I never wanted to sell to my people. I love y'all. I love my people. And I'm gonna explain that because they always want to get over, they want to have a get a deal, they wanted to try to take advantage or they want to try to manipulate or take from you. But I sold to my people that had that money, Lawyers, I've sold to pastors, mm-hmm. I've sold to business owners, I've sold to people that have asked me to buy things to remodel their homes, the finest of watches and all of that. The reason why I said the lifestyle of a gay hustler in a straight world, because that's that was my not my competition, but that's who I mainly dealt with. Because because the gays can be very backstabby, 
manipulative, want to turn you in, want right. to set you up, want to get you set down the river and all of that. And I was not the one you could play in my face like that because if you play with me, I'm going to play with you. Right. I wasn't always praying and speaking in tongues and call, calling on the Holy Ghost. You was gonna catch these hands for real. <laughs> you played with my. Mama. I was gonna <laughs> lay hands on you. The lay hands on the. <laughs> but I lay, But I'm. I was the nicest person. But because my world was so encompassed with heterosexual people, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it got to the point that some of the guys that I would sell to or some of their friends that I would sell to would try to date me. Mm. They would try to interact with me in that manner. Yeah, I know what you're here for, for the thing, but this this Rolex watch is still $25,000. Now, if you want to mess around, that's on you, but I don't do stuff like that. But I've had to turn some of them away. I've dealt with drug dealers. I've dealt with some big hustlers, some big street hustlers. Uh, corp, big white collar hustlers. Yeah, they were. A lot of them got down too. Right. But those, I only dealt with the straight people mainly when it came to selling my stuff because it was so. Um, a lot of straight people was doing what I was doing. So for me to come in as a gay man and do what I was doing and deal with straight people, they had to know straight up, you cannot play with me. Because mm. I've seen some gays and the gays will sleep with them and hand them over things and take care of them and pay bills and nah, not this one. No, <laughs> you gonna pay me. You gonna I ain't gonna pay me. Pay. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Playing them games. You wow. gonna go out here and work you finna go work these services I got and make some money, but you ain't finna play with me at all. Wow. That was serious. <laughs> that was personal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember a lot of things that um, well, I do have a lot of stuff written down to Steve about you um, from last week and then uh, a couple don't get hot now hold on <laughs> so you 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 talking about you talked about um, being home alone what's called a last lastly what last keys kids okay so. Um, Wow. So in that in that book, you talked about being that. And you say you were sexually abused, assaulted rather, by a friend of a family. What took place at that time? Okay, at that time, being a latchkey kid, for those that don't know, I'm sure you may have a younger crowd that might be listening. Mm-hmm. Don't Google it anyways. But a latchkey kid, basically I was home alone. I was the first home from school, activities, whatever. My parents were at work. My oldest brother was in basketball, football, and my two sisters were already moved out. So I was the first one home. So basically, back in those days, you give a key to a neighbor, a family member, or whatnot to come and check on you, basically making sure you're not burning down the house, that you're doing right. what you're supposed to be doing, not having any company in the house. Right. So this person so happens to be an in-law. And he um, treated me well. Like, it, it wasn't like something happened right away. Mm-hmm. It was conversations, nice gestures, teaching me, showing me things. He worked out, so he always took care of his body. So we had, like, a gym attached to our apartment. So I would work out. It was not, It was honest. I'm, I'm, like, seven or nine years old. I mean, I'm not thinking anything. I didn't even know what gay was. I didn't know what my body was so he, supposed to be. So you feel like he was grooming you? Um, at that time, now I can say that because he was grooming me mentally. When I say mentally, mentally because yes. doing homework, attention, working out, conversations, checking on me, seeing how I'm doing, what's going on. All these nice things for a long time, and then and that was because you you wasn't receiving that kind of love and attention from your father, correct? No, not at all. Okay. Never received it. Never got a good job, son. Or I love you, or I'm proud of you, or came to any of my events, I was in the arts in school, whether it was plays, 
playing instruments in high school bands, chorales, whatever. I was in the arts. Never showed up for anything. If he would have showed up one time, I think wow. I would have been okay. Never. Wow. I was shocked when he showed up at my college graduation because he had to bring my mom. Wow. But never that kind of love, affection, attention, hugs. And I see and I hear the ignorance of some, I'm not just saying I race, but men that don't love their kids. I just heard a video with a guy, his grandfather bought him something. I think his grandfather bought him something. He said, oh, granddaddy, thank you so much. Oh, I love you, granddaddy. Give me a hug. And the granddaddy was, I ain't finna MF and hug you. You better get out of my MF and face. You think, I'm gonna hug you. What kind of SH is this? And the dude was thrilled, like, because the granddaddy never got love. But I got that from my father. So for somebody to come into my house, a male figure, and give me Mm -hmm. all the this is the touch right. is so intimate to get that it from is. him. It is. It is. But it wasn't right away. He, he mentally pleasured me through the words right. and the actions that I saw. So when the actual act happened, it wasn't right away. It's like we were sitting there watching TV. It's like yesterday this happened. And he slides next to me and he puts his hand on my leg. And I jumped. Because I wasn't used to that. Right. My brother never right. me like that. My father definitely didn't touch me. And I jumped. And then he was like, it's okay. It's, it, it's okay. It's okay. He mm. just started working in my ear like, you know, I, you know, this is what I basically want to do. But if you don't do this, then I can't do all these things. He started listing the things. That he was doing. My mother started registering this going Right. Okay. Like I just said, okay, because I felt like I'm gonna lose. And from that point on, I always look for that same person over and over again. I would put his face on other people. Right. Right. Every time I dated somebody, trying to find that high again. Right. Right. That's what I was gonna say. That's that's the same thing. Uh, we discussed that a little bit last week. That um, in your situation, it's just like a crackhead or with dope head or whatever, chasing that first high, first high. And that's how young ladies, um, that's how we get caught up in the prostitution too. I wasn't there, but <laughs> anyway, so um, <laughs> that's how we get caught up because you 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 chasing that first. That first is everything. That's why they say when um with that first guy who you love is the one that you remember you you love him forever and ever and ever. Yeah, yeah. So that that number one is a beast. So I understand it. But there's some other questions I have for you, and not just me, Sherilyn has for you. But we're gonna take a quick commercial and we'll be right back. If you're looking for custom handcrafted fashion jewelry that makes a statement, look no further than Linda S. Jewelry 1426. We specialize in quality pieces fit for any occasion. Follow us on Facebook at Linda S. Jewelry 1426 to view our inventory or to make a purchase. And don't forget to mention Stunner Radio sent you. Hey, welcome hey, back. Welcome we back. have the welcome one back. and only Mr. Stephen Smith talking about a gay man and gay hustler in a straight world. So, um, and if y'all been listening, I know you got some questions and concerns, but this is all true. So um, don't be shy about it. Come on, come on. I just saw him last week. Shut up. And how was your response to him? He lives right around the corner from me. No. What is relationship like? There isn't one. It's just high and I keep going. So have you, and then that was actually a good question because my next thing was how have you forgiven him or um you know, that situation, What, what what's going on with that? I have forgiven him. It took me a while because as I got older and I thought about it, when I was writing my book, I want to be very vengeful. 
Like I wanted to do something very violent to him. Mm. And that writing, like they say, is very lethargic. So it helped me to release a lot of anger and anger, hate. Yes, yes. My life be like this. I lost my manhood because of you. I've been called fag, punk, sissy. I've had to fight. You think about that. I've had to fight people because of you. I've been been tried by people because it goes back to you. I've been called this, that, and the other because of you. I've had to do some damage to some people because of you. Mm. Because I knew that I had a feminine ways because I was already attached to my mom. And I had a feminine ways. It was no mistake about that. I would tell anybody, I know that I have a feminine ways, but guess what? I'm still a man, and you ain't going to ever play with me. And people knew that. But just the fact that you had to go through all of that because people sense or know that you were. And nobody said, well, bro, what happened? Sis, what happened? Tell me what's going on. Why are you like this? Nobody never asked me that. But one person, two, that was my sister who's still alive and my brother. And when I am like Michelle and ask me, I don't have any anger or anything towards him because I did forgive him. Okay. You know, he's right now because I'm sure he's done this to other children. Uh, I know he has kids himself and it seems like he's not reaping what he's done. He's very ill. Okay, so that part. But let me just ask you, um, ask you this, the... Um, Wow, what, how, how, did you go face to face to him and say, hey, Mr. John, I forgive you for um, whatever, or did you just pray and ask God to forgive me in my heart? I never, never talked to him. Never. And he knows who I am. Of course he does. Because I see him sometimes sitting outside and he'll wave and I'll wave and I'll keep going, but never, never talk to him about it. Do you feel um, I, like you ever will? I don't think so. Because I make peace within my heart and ask God to forgive me and uproot any bitterness or anger or unforgiveness towards him. I don't think I will. And, and, and I've even had to stop my brother from doing something to him. Because when I, when I wrote my book, that's how I told my story to a lot of family. Right. They've been great about my book, y'all. We'll get into that later. But... Yeah. Um, that's when I told him, and he said, you better be glad I've changed mm. because I, I would have killed him, Steve. I already know. Because me and my brother were close. He said, yeah. I would have killed him. I know I would have killed him. And my father would have too. Yeah, it's, it's um, boy, God is good. God, that made me dizzy and I'm sitting down. <laughs> but I, I just, um, it's just a, the point that he stays close to you and do you feel like um and and I, I don't know how to sound but do you feel like god moved you around the corner from him or moved him around the corner from you so that you could see i don't need to talk to him Obviously, he don't need to talk to him okay but do you you see that um do you feel god put you somewhere near him so you could see him being whooped by God. That could be the case. That could be the case. Okay. I don't know. And I never asked God. And I never asked. And maybe I don't want to know the answer as right. to why you're right in his face. Mm-hmm. I guess he can see that I'm still here and I'm still doing well and he's going through that. And I wish no ill will, nothing bad on him at all. Correct. Correct. Wow, that's that's, that's, that's yeah, that's truly amazing. I'm trying to figure out in in my head, um, yeah, to see him every day to know that um, he, I, I don't know how I want to say how he did your life or he did he did he did, but then you overcame all of this and and I I feel like and it's just my feelings, y'all. Don't don't go trying to kill me and write me no crazy emails because God's still working on me. But um, I feel like God did put the two of you near each other so that, you know, sometimes sometime I, I need to show you that what you meant for his bad, that God has already turned this man's whole life around 
and he's become the man that I wanted him to be, not what you wanted him to be. So you look at my work and only to receive the testimony that Steve has out there for everyone to know that God is a good God. The man is being whooped when he sees Steve. Absolutely, Absolutely. Bridget. Bridget say the man is being whooped when he sees you, Steve. And and I honestly believe that in all, all my heart. Because it's like he's a constant reminder to you. You are a constant, constant reminder, reminder to him. Absolutely. So he's having to, and I, I hope he has some forgiveness for his choice for himself and some mm. regret for himself. So he can get his life together. Exactly. Before, yeah, before, before yeah, before it's too late. Because he can never, when he closes his eyes, he can't open them again and say, Steve, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, please forgive me. That, that, um, boy, Steve, I think I need a drink. <laughs> but, and, and I mean a good drink. I'm, I'm, I'm just so full and so, um, so glad that you're sharing this with us. So that um, others could could gain um, strength from this. And, I'm glad you put that in your book. Yeah, it kind of gives people, young people, the signs to look for, like mm -hmm. young mothers, signs to look for. You know, don't let people get too close to your kids, and and it, it you put you put it out there so people can look at it and see right, what right. they need to do to right. protect their children. And protect themselves sometimes. And, yeah, themselves. And, and you know, Steve, let me let me just say this because when, when you were talking about um abusive to your mom and Cheryl and I did a show, I think it was like the second show or whatever we had, it was about domestic uh, violence and to learn all the different ways of being abused. See, you, you, your mother hit every one of them. Especially the financial abuse. The, so you don't think about that one, but that, that's a big one. Yeah. I watched it, and that's what... Mm, thank you. <sighs> Just breathe, baby. Just breathe. Just breathe. You, you are amazing. You're amazing. Because there are young men in your situation who wants to help their mom, but they're kids and can't do anything about it. And you are telling a story that are helping others. And, and we thank you so much. Most, most people don't, women don't even realize that there's such thing as financial abuse. They don't even know, know how mental, the mental yeah. abuse, yeah, the, the mental abuse, the, the financial abuse. Uh, they, they don't even you know they can say he's not putting his hands on me. He don't fight me or whatever, but he's still abusing you in so many other ways. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those ways are far worse than the, than the physical abuse. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, um, <sighs> wow. Nice to see that. Uh, when I got older and it was still continuing and I didn't know about it because when I got deep into my hustle game it, it's like I was making sure my nieces and nephews a lot of people don't know for those that will read the book I had a sister that was in a car accident and she mm -hmm. was the only one she had six kids the oldest was 18 the youngest was two weeks and I was in Atlanta doing my thing, being gay. I was sending money home. I was sending clothes by the lawn trash bags, not not the little cute trash bag. It was lawn clothes for all of these children's shoes and everything. And when she called me in such a desperate tone, like I need you here. I need your help. I said, I'm sending money. I'm sending clothes. She said, No, I need you here. It's too much. Not knowing that she's trying to juggle six or five because the oldest was in college when I was mm -hmm. in Atlanta, trying to juggle all of that and not knowing my daddy was messing around with all these women. Didn't find this out until she died. Mm. One day, the Holy Spirit spoke to me so clear and said, I want you to give your mother $3,000 a month. I said, I'm already feeling stuff. He said, I want you to give her 3000 for herself. He was mm. watching me. 
But see, I, he knew my heart. And he knew what I was doing. And me and him had a conversation about my hustle, which is another story, which is in the book. Okay. But I, I obeyed, and my mother would get, I mean, it may not seem a lot to a lot of people, but she was getting $3,000 cash flat on top of the other stuff I was doing for her. Mm-hmm. So because of that financial abuse, I made sure you're not going to treat her like that and make her be in a place of duress. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure good. So she would still get the gifts, the jewels, the label bags. She would still get all the finer things, the trips, extra money. But she, God specifically said $3,000 for her. Come to find out my father was spending money hand over fist because my mother was a praying woman and she would bless his business. My dad was making ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a month and you couldn't hardly pay your mortgage. Wow. You could hardly pay bills because he was giving it to the women in the women. street. Take care of my whole family. Again, I found out all of this when she died. Wow. So I eased her mind with that. That all the other stuff, those were choices she decided to stay with my father. Mm-hmm. But my father got hooked, and that woman did too later on. Okay. A lot of them. Not just that woman, but the when when I when I when the Holy Spirit brought that the stuff that he wanted me to put in my book, I was blown away. I told you it took me months to write it because it was so much pain, trauma, and heartache. And then I can remember the times when these women would would be out here tricking with my daddy and call my mama, call all kind of bees. I can't say the word on here. I respect your channel. Call all kind of bees and H's and all that. My mama getting up every Sunday going to a holiness church Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized. I'm watching people getting delivered out of demons. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, what's going on? And then when I see the way these women suffered, I go back. That's why I trust God. Right. Right. Yes. I've seen them suffer. I've seen them stroke out. I've seen them getting getting amputated. I've seen them die of heart attacks. I've seen them some of their children die. Because it was playing with my mama. And when that Bible said, touch not my anointed. And what I learned that when you take something to God and he gets sick and tired of you playing with his children, he's going to play with you. Mm. And I watched him play with them. Okay, well, listen. Hold on. We we got that one more commercial and we'll be right back. Right back. If you live in Houston and surrounding areas and are in need of quality child care, contact Cuckoo's Treasures today. We provide professional child care in a caring and nurturing environment. Do you work second or third shift or don't have a typical schedule? Cuckoo's Treasures can assist you. We're open 24 hours and some weekends. Give us a call today at 346-313-9064. And don't forget to mention Stunner Radio sent you. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Steve, welcome back. And welcome back to our viewers with Mr. Stephen Smith, a gay man, uh, a gay hustler in a, a straight world. Um, Steve, boy, you got my heart, man. You you got my heart. You got yes, my heart. That's an amazing story. Uh, all of you have to go get this book and read this book because I know that we all know somebody has walked in his shoes. It may not have been us, and it may not have been immediate family, but we know somebody that okay. walked in his shoes. Steve, I I, I know um, talking with you um, last week, my buddy was traveling around the world, but um, I was talking to you about a special young lady. So let me just ask this question. Uh, what was my question going to be? Okay, Stephen, now that the worst is over, where is your life headed? Well, my life now, today, I am a full-time businessman in fashion, of course. Um, Again, I've written books, more books to come, more workbooks are coming out. I'm going to have one specifically for men, and it's going to be How Men Should Pray to God, and the other one's going to be for men, women, and children. Um... Again, acting. I have some things on the table right now. I'm just waiting on the phone calls. Uh, of course, you know, I do the, a lot of the hosting. I've been getting booked with that. Um, as far as where I am today, mentally, 
I am in a great place. God has totally healed me 100%. And he brought a beautiful woman in my life. Mm. Her name is Kelly. And we've known each other for a long time through her cousin, who who's gay. We were just friends, hanging out. I was always calling my wife, joking, knowing I didn't want to be with no woman at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but I always loved my beautiful woman around me. That, that was make that must, no mistake. It was going to be around me. And we, she moved up here, right around the corner for me. Another right around the corner. I'm just saying, and I'm right around the corner. Okay. I need to find out where, where, where the check, where the breakthrough is at. Jesus, where the big check? Let me keep on looking. Looking. Right around the corner. Okay. So I would pick her up, like to, you know, like she didn't have a car, go to work or go to the gym. We love eating the sweet tomatoes. Rest in peace, sweet tomatoes. And just going out, having a good time, going to church and everything. And we decided to do a fast. God told her for us to do a fast. We had to pray about some things. And as clear as day on the 12-hour fast, I heard the Holy Spirit say, Stephen, that's your wife next to you. I was like, what? Come on, God, you play too much now. Come on. (laughs) And I'm still praying. He said, no, that is your wife next to you. And I prayed for a certain type of woman. And he gave me that certain type of woman that could understand my past mm-hmm. and is able to handle where these books are going to take me and what's going to take place. She, she can see, she can sense and pick up things. She walks in wisdom and she'll be able to see things I can't. But that's where we are right now, that I am engaged to be married to a female. To a, to a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful female yeah. who took yeah. my place. I'll go ahead and let her have that. I'll let her have that, Steve. Steve, wait a minute, Steve. 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 <laughs> 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 tell her what trip you and I drove to. Um, was it North Carolina? North Carolina. North Carolina. We drove to North Carolina. Steve was driving. I drove up to Steve's house and whatever. We, we got on the road. We were talking to Ken on. And anybody who robbed me, especially at night, I t- Steve said, so do you think you should get out the middle of the road? I said, no, ain't nobody here for me. <laughs> we had such a great time. And anybody anybody in your, your presence, Steve, um, they can only come back and say great things about you, regardless if they knew your past, your present, your future. And and let me just say, I was so honored when you told me that, Miss um, Linda, I'm about to get married. But boy, you ain't asked me to marry you. What What's going on? Who? <laughs> <laughs> I am so so happy. I, I told you that you. last week to, with the public, and I'm saying it again to, today. I am super happy for you, and I am so um, happy to, to know that you have a woman who could not judge you, look at your past, but help you with your future and walk by your side. And and I don't, and it's just me again. Don't send me no emails. I don't believe in having your back. I want to walk side by side with you. So, um, because if I'm walking side by side, I'm already looking behind us anyway. So I got your back and I see that she has your back. And I love the support that you give everybody. So um, I know it has to be a great deal for her to give you the support back as well. So we waiting on that uh i'm waiting on the invitation to the wedding that's that's what i know tell us again your 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 fashion motto because i just love it okay i am the high fashion priest my motto is i can style you from goodwill to gucci from a rummage sale to rodeo drive from walmart to worth avenue i am the high fashion priest 
Yeah. Yes. I love that. I love that. And let them know that I'm the one that's carrying your suitcase. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I love that. So Steve, where can anybody, everybody get an opportunity to meet with you? Um, you guys, if you want to follow me, my link tree page is here. It's on the screen. You can click on that link tree and you can find my books. You can hire me as a host. Um my acting, everything is in there. If you guys want to order, if you want to order books for me personally, you can contact me at 561-215-4903. Uh, you can reach out to me via the phone. Repeat the number again. 561-215-4903. I will be more than happy to take, if you have any questions, any more interviews, you guys, as well as you want to order books, then I can see my cash app information or Zelle plus shipping, and I will see you signed copies. Please allow at least seven to 10 days before you receive them. And, um, but yeah, my link tree has everything and all of my social media handles everything if you want to contact me. Oh, I, I was going to ask. Um, so that, that's a sign of me getting old. I was going to ask Steve a question, mm. um, but Steve, I, I, I should have been writing it down, but um, so, I know, but here's one of them though. So the wedding, I'm going back to the wedding because I'm in love with this young lady who loves you. So the wedding, is it going to be like a big wedding? Cause you know, you like, you like, you like crazy things, you know, Steve like, wanted to have a fashion show. He was like, Miss Linda, we're going to have a fashion show and we're going to have live tigers. I said, who's going to hold them? <laughs> <laughs> you know me. We went to the beach. Yeah, we went to the beach. We we looked for the place. The, okay, we're gonna put this venue right here, and the tiger's gonna come from the Steve. Where we getting them tigers from? <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna find them. You know me. <laughs> That's it. So, so, what is this wedding gonna look like? Yes, it's gonna be lavish. We know that. Uh, it's gonna be very lavish. It's gonna be very fashionable. Yeah, fresh and fashionable. I'll just leave those things on your on your brain, but it's gonna be really nice. I'm I'm sure. Is it gonna be anytime soon, or are we looking at 24? We're looking this year. We're looking at. We're just trying to. We're just trying to take care of a few things and you know settle some things, getting our bodies 100 percent the way we want to look like in our suits and our dresses. Wow. And yeah, yeah. Okay, well, please let me know in advance because I want to get my body right and then I want to make sure you step in there because, you know, this is going to be a fashion show. Look, this is going to be a fashion show all by itself, all by itself. So, um, I was going to ask you, um, do do you talk to your brothers and your and your, your siblings? So, do you talk to your siblings on a regular basis? Week. Every, Every week. week. Yeah. Good, good, good. Good, good, good. I just talked to my sister yesterday, but yeah, every week. Good, good. They know, they know what's going on. My sister knew. I told her. Um, some of my family members, like I told you, they had a debate. I know we don't have that much time, but they had a debate. But they had a roundtable meeting about my book. Because they, yeah, they did not believe it. Was true. They didn't believe it was true about my father. Let me put it like that. Right. Because we, we never caught. We had the nice place, the cars. We dressed well. We ate well. We didn't want for nothing because my father was a really great. Uh, he was a provider, but he was providing yeah. for everybody else. But he was a great provider, yeah. <laughs> and so he he gave the appearance of. Uh-huh. And I know we're getting ready to get done, but I just want to say this real quick: when you guys read Chapter Two, Latchkey Kid, watch your children. Yes. Pray to God be around your kids. You should not cover them in the blood. Protect them at all costs because it can come through anybody. Family, friend, loved one, church member, pastor, preacher, teacher, doctor. It don't matter. It's a lot of people out here that are that are that are spiritually bound. Wow. That that's a that's a good way to close it. And please take heed to what this young man just stated because for one, we already can see this world that we're living in is crazy. And know the people that are in the presence of your kids. So, wow, at this time, Cheryl, we only have a few minutes and we got to go. So, but Steve, you know, you are always welcome back here at any given time. Just let us look, just let us look in the book and see who's next. 
and you got a spot. So um, if there's anything that we ever could do for you, uh, please call us. Don't hesitate. And um, thank you all for joining us. And thank you, Mr. Steve Smith. Thank you. Stephen, let me say Stephen. Stephen Smith, thank you so much for your time and for all, all of your testimonies. And everyone, go out and buy the book. We don't just write a book so we could just say we wrote a book. There's a message in the book. And as you heard tonight, there is a message from this beautiful young man. So we love you, Steve. We love you all for joining Sherilyn and I. And we'll see you soon. Thank you, Sherilyn. Good night.